This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader the station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. shared his comedy for years. Now, you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. Hour number two of the Rob Carson Show. I, I had mentioned earlier in the show, the beginning of the show, that uh, today it was going to be like uh, me coming back from summer vacation in first grade, ready to tell you about all the exciting things I've discovered. And, and this is just so beautiful because all of the uh, hypocrisy, all of the idiocy, idiocy of the left is, uh, is uh, coming uh, out. It, it's just remarkable. You got uh, Sam Brinton, the first... Uh, uh, Hold on, what the hell was he? Something. Either he's historical, I know that. Uh, oh, yeah, first openly gender-fluid person in the federal government. And uh, and he, uh, he'd he been arrested for stealing luggage. It turns out that he had actually been taking clothes from women's uh, luggage that he stole and wearing it on social media. And he just made the mistake of finding uh, some uh, clothes that he decided to uh, fashion on, uh, wear on social media uh, from a, uh, a Houston-based fashion designer. And all of these were her originals. So there, there's really no denying that you're wearing the damn clothes. It's just so fantastic. It's so fantastic, and uh, and you got Pete Buttigieg going to uh, going to East Palestine, and everybody's saying it's political on the heels of Joe Biden going to uh, uh, to Kiev, and uh, where they don't hear air sirens in Kiev, but they did it just for Joe Biden, so the media in in uh, in America would go, oh, it's a dangerous situation. He's uh, the next Winston Churchill, and all that stuff, and then and then on the heels of uh, global warming and climate change the national weather service are you are you sitting you better be sitting for this the national weather service has issued a blizzard warning for los angeles county this is so great so yeah blizzard warning for los angeles county for the only the second time in history on uh, on uh, wednesday as a heavy sto- snow began falling on mountains throughout the area in, uh, in a large winter storm so uh Near L.A., I guess. And this, uh, the last time this happened was in 1989 on the heels of when it was supposed to be global uh, cooling, I guess. Then it became global warming, and now it became climate change because climate change covers everything. Uh, it used to be carbon monoxide is bad. Now it's carbon dioxide. You know why they say that carbon dioxide is bad? This is bad. So they can control everything you do. All right? So, uh, so there's that. So there is that. And, uh, and then so much more. I don't even know where to begin. But I will go ahead and give it a shot by saying uh, this is kind of interesting. Saw this piece from uh, Craig Shirley of Newsmax about uh, Joe Biden, uh, Biden's legacy, the new malaise. 
Uh, we have entered a, a new phase in our history, which I have dubbed the new malaise. Now they're trying to uh, build up, John, you know, uh, Joe Biden as much as they can. I had mentioned uh, this is uh, yesterday. All the media going uh, all over, all over uh, Joe Biden's visit to uh, to East uh, Joe no, Biden, no, not to East Palestine, but to uh, to Kiev. Listen again. Has put solidarity ahead of his own personal safety. Air raid sirens and no real guarantee of security. See, they fell for it, guys. You see this? This is just theater. They they played the siren for effect because they wanted the uh, the media to slavishly uh, support the dear leader. And and even though we have a First Amendment, they did it. As air raid sirens blared, this was incredibly dramatic, Andrea. It was historic as well. Historic, timely, and brave. The first American president to go to a war zone. With no U.S. military presence for security on the ground. Uh, American presidents have made dramatic trips before. Nixon to China, Kennedy, Reagan to the Berlin Wall, and presidents have visited U.S. troops in war zones, but never like this. Wow. It, it Honestly, it's like, wow, wow, wow. So they're trying to rescue uh, whatever legacy he has, I guess, because he's refusing to say he's not going to run. Uh, though Jimmy Carter was saddled with it during the late stages of his presidency, did you realize that Jimmy Carter never said melees? His pollster, Pat Cadell, did in a memo. Uh, this back to the Craig Shirley piece. Let me say for the record that as lost in power as Carter was, this Annapolis grad always loved this country. Joe Biden does not. And for this and all of his other transgressions, this era must be named the new malaise. Last year, I wrote a piece for on the worst five presidents in American history. They were Franklin Pierce, James Buchanan, Andrew Johnson, Herbert Hoover, Joe Biden. All earned their place in the dark recesses of history for various and sundry reasons. All were good men, but lost in power, except Biden. He's a truly efficient man, a bad president, and at times seemingly derives pleasure from inflicting pain on others. The philosopher William of Ockman, or Ockham, I should say, you've heard Ockham Razor, Ockham's Razor, he said, the simple answer is usually the correct answer. You know, like allowing a Chinese spy balloon to fly over a country unfettered after watching it be launched from China, letting it do its damage, then shooting it down off the, uh, off the coast after getting uh, hundreds of millions of dollars from uh, China into his uh, family's coffers, into his uh, Penn Biden's center and other think tanks uh it's simply because of he he is a jacobin as found during the french revolution wanting to destroy our culture society and economics and remake it into something unrecognizable well it's not him doing it it's the people who are his puppeteers who are doing that but they're doing it uh one might ask as how i have ranked biden after a year uh, in office and it felt obvious uh, it felt obvious after the disaster in afghanistan his family's more questionable dealings and the systematic censorship of conservatives by our own government we can also absent hesitation throw in inflation and crime on the on and on and it goes look at the national mood today is anyone happy cheerful and proud to call biden their president no 70 between 61 and 72% of us say the country's going in the wrong direction and everything that is supposed to be going down in prices going up, gas, eggs, cars, you name it. And for two years, it's it's worse, much worse. Biden prances around Europe, stumbling from one photo op to another, telling inane tales of his youth while people in Ohio are really suffering at the hands of their government. Pothole Pete and Biden. But does Biden but does Biden go? No, he just sends his staff. The short answer, he doesn't remotely care. And hence the title, the uh, the new melees, and that's what we are really experiencing right now. Thirty-six percent approval rating right now, even after Eve. Jim Gossett. It sucks to be you. 
It sucks to be you Your polls are way down You look like a clown Joe Biden, you're through But Saki's a tool Saki's got her own TV show Kamala's a fool You couldn't try harder to be Jimmy Carter You make him seem cool Of presents I've seen You're the most obscene Nixon was a schmuck Clinton liked a lie LBJ was mean You've been in D.C. 50 years long On everything You have been wrong It sucks to be you Red states won't turn blue In 22 or 24. We hold these truths to be self-evident All men and women created By the go you know the You know the thing Nobody else could be this bad Come As president You are quite sad Biden, it sucks to be you You have a it sucks to be you. That is, of course, uh, Jim Gossett. Jim Gossett, two S's and two T's, and uh, we hope to go on tour with him this year. Do it a few appearances where I'm on stage with him and uh, let him sing his uh, glorious songs that we collaborate with on uh, a lot of thought of him, and he does a lot of them on his own. He's a, he's a comedic genius. I mean, he is. He just is. He really is. So you've been watching these uh, news reports about food plants burning around the country, and then you, you, I don't know if you noticed, there have been a couple big chemical explosions the last few days. Uh, one uh, in Ohio, actually. There was another one at a uh, metal um, manufacturing plant, I guess, and it blew up, and there were some casualties, and then they were sending... The EPA was sending a group of scientists there to uh, figure it out, and the plane crashed. So five people died in the plane. This is, this is all the last 24 hours. And we've seen these things. We've <clears throat> we've seen uh, uh, the poultry plants burning and everything, and uh, and and you all kind of wonder what's going on. And then and then these uh, these uh, attacks on the power grid, and you're like, you know, because I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm not Alex Jones and anything. But but I mean, there's a point where it becomes a little overwhelming, and uh, uh, a division of the North American Electrical uh, Reliability Corporation indicated in a recent study that physical attacks on the U.S. power grid spiked by 71% in 2022. So uh, this is uh, not only by, uh, by vandalism, ballistic damage, meaning somebody shooting at the plant, uh, and intrusive uh, attacks. All of these have been happening. Here's a, uh, this is a news report from, I believe this is out of Seattle, that confirms what you have been suspicious of. The lights are back on tonight in North Carolina after attacks on two substations cut power to tens of thousands this week. Tonight we've learned substations in Washington and Oregon have also been attacked in recent weeks and now the FBI is involved. Glad to have you with us. I'm Greg Copeland. I'm Joyce Taylor. King 5's Maddie White joins us now from the newsroom. So, Maddie, you've been digging into the threats to the power grid here in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, just trying to understand what the risk is to Washingtonians. And Joyce and Greg, local law enforcement sources now confirming to King 5 they received a memo from the FBI warning them about similar attacks to power stations in the Pacific Northwest. And Now, this is the same FDI, FBI who says that white supremacy is the biggest threat to us 
And by the way, uh, this uh, this group that has put together the study, this uh, North American Electoral Reliability Corporation, has said there seems to be a pattern where people are targeting critical infrastructure, probably with the intent to disrupt going back to the 2020 presidential election, as well as the recent midterm elections. We've seen an uptick in this chatter and an uptick in incidents as well, which makes me say that somebody is uh, trying to pin this on uh, most probably Trump supporters because the FBI has already called whites, you know, white supremacy the new, uh, the new enemy, the biggest threat to the homeland. And I'm just, I'm just kind of piecing this together. It makes sense, doesn't it? You've got the FBI literally <clears throat> who said that. Uh, you've got uh, uh, Trump supporters who never are violent, by the way, and they go out and they do their rallies and whatnot, and, and they never do anything. Meanwhile, uh, CRT supporters and uh, Black Lives Matter and, uh, and Antifa burned the country the summer of 2020. So to me, it's, it looks kind of like maybe somebody's doing this as a setup. This is just, you know, this is me thinking out loud because I wouldn't put it past them. I wouldn't put it past them. But regardless, these attacks seem to be happening, and they've certainly gone up significantly. That the FBI believes these are not related to theft, but rather deliberate attacks on critical infrastructure. This can have a really, really bad effect on a lot of people. To protect against power outages, if you see something, say something. Okay, so we've established this is happening. We've established that the FBI has been contacted. And they're working with this group that says that these uh, uh, happening going back to the 2020 election, as well as the recent midterm elections, that's when it takes a U-term and goes into politics. And that's where I go, huh, you know, huh. Uh, let's take a break. Come back. I've got to, I've got much more to get to, including this insane uh, Georgia grand jury four woman who was interviewed. She's in charge of this uh, this case against Donald Trump. Uh, you know, they're they're trying to act like he tried to steal the election when all he wanted to do was point out all the malfeasance and the theft. Uh, and she is in charge of this. She's the she's the foreman of the jury, and she is a freak on wheels, and not in a good way. Uh, that's coming up. And also, I, I did get a nice letter from someone uh, yesterday. I talked to Ted uh, Nugent, and, and I asked him where a cat fa- scratch fever came from. I have a listener who actually got cat scratch fever, and I'm going to share that coming up. This is the Rob Carson Show. Sleepy Joe. Joe Biden's been asleep for years. This has to be a wake-up call and shine a bright spotlight on anything like this behavior anywhere. It's the Rob Carson Show. Yesterday we had an epic interview with uh, Ted Nugent on the show. We talked about a lot of uh, stuff, including, obviously, you know, the Second Amendment and... uh, it was, it was a really good interview. It was about uh, 25 minutes or so. And you can check it out on the podcast at uh, Newsmax.com slash listen. Or you can go to my Rumble channel, which is uh, Rumble, and just look up Rob Carson's show. Got a, a note from Carol. Because I'd asked a question, and, and pardon me if, if everybody else knew this. I don't know. I didn't know what Cat Scratch Fever was. And that was his, you know, one of his big hits. And uh, I just figured that it was something that might happen during the throes of passion. You know, like a little... Well, you kind of nicked me there on the back, honey. Um, but no, 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 that's not in. And my producer, Ken, who's kind of uh, kind of weird, he thought it was some sort of uh, maybe subtropical venereal disease, which that's, that's Ken. Uh, but anyway, um, so, uh, but apparently, no, it is not. And, and maybe this could be the case for getting your cat declawed. 
Uh, hi, Rob. Carol, this is Carol. I love Ted Nugent. I was going to email you to see if uh, you could get him on your show, but you did it. I had cat scratch fever when I was 15. <laughs> As Ted confirmed, I got it after being scratched by my cat. <laughs> Shut up. No way. <laughs> and I watch Ted, uh, Ted uh, Nugent's Spirit Campfire show every week. Uh, she said, I'm partial to Wango Tango. So, And she also said, I'm 52, so I guess I'm past my prime. I can't stand Don Lemon, but I'll defend what he said. It really doesn't bother me. I'm all about the First Amendment. See, there you go. We don't want him canceled. We want him to stay on. My God, yes, it's fantastic. I take pretty good care of myself. I have bought a dress. Uh, I, or, I have a dress I bought when I was 22 that, that still fits me. And you know what? Weird thing. Sam Britton says the same thing. It, it is just crazy. Hope all is well. Carol. Thank you, Carol. You're awesome. So that's where uh, we're going to definitively say that cat scratch fever happens when you get <laughs> you get scratched by a cat. This is just so. This is just so good. I mean, there's just so much good stuff to talk about today. So let's even talk about more. Could could we even talk about more? I think we could talk about more. Uh, I I want to talk about this grand jurist. This this is so good. Emily Coors is. 30, and she's been on a media TV tour touting her involvement in the case uh, of uh, Donald Trump. Apparently, they're trying, to, you know, they're trying to make it so he can't run for president. So they're coming up with all this crap, and they're saying he interviewed with the Georgia election, which is uh, stupid. Um, and, and I'll tell you, he didn't need to. If you Just watch, if you would, just watch the uh, movie 2,000 Mules, okay? Because uh, Georgia was a hotbed for election fraud. Georgia voting... With uh, four other battleground states, st the vote counting stopped at the same time. And in Georgia, it was at the uh, convention center. And, and literally, they said there was a water main break. That's why they stopped the vote count and they set off all the, the, uh, the, the observers and everything. And then, and then they didn't leave. And they, and they went over and they rolled out a bunch of these, uh, big, old, these big old black pallets of, of uh, ballots that they ran through again and again and again. And they restarted the next morning. And Joe Biden in these battleground states had millions of votes. And Donald Trump almost, almost none. I know it's weird. And the media not even curious about it. Not, even, not a story. Nothing. But the, the facts are the facts. So anyway, this, uh, this Emily Coors is uh, apparently the, uh, the grand jury for woman who's deciding on uh, uh, whether or not uh, Donald Trump should face charges. And she's gone on this bizarre media tour. Apparently a bunch of these uh, grand jurists have been partying, getting drunk together and all that stuff. And, uh, and here she's a Wiccan, too, by the way. I don't know if you do this. She said she's a Wiccan. She, all of her social media has been... Uh, has been erased, but she uh, she apparently her Pinterest page has uh, several collections of uh, posted pins dedicated to magic, casting spells, herbalists, and sacred science, among other things. Um, anyway, here's a little bit of her. She was very excited. She hates Donald Trump, and uh, she made it very clear her giddiness at the prospect of uh, of swearing him in at the beginning of a trial. Did you personally want to hear from the former president? I presidents? wanted to hear from the former president, but honestly, I kind of wanted to subpoena the former president because I got to swear everybody in. And so I thought it'd be really cool to get 60 seconds with President Trump. Okay, this is uh, the infantilization of American society. I've been talking about this for a long time. This is the infantilization of American society. Of me looking at him and being like, do you solemnly swear? And me getting to swear him in? I just, I kind of just thought that it. would be an awesome moment. I can see how trying to get 
the former president to come talk to us would have been a year in negotiation by itself. She has the mind of a toddler, an evil little toddler. So it sounds like that was ultimately a battle that you all decided not to wage. Exactly. That's it's kind of how it ended up. Was that and I'd be fascinated by what he said, but do oh you think God. he would have come in and said anything groundbreaking uh, or just the same kind of thing we've heard? Yeah. So at some point you don't need to hear 50 people say the same thing. Hmm. Uh-huh. Now coming up, uh, Anderson Cooper was really upset because this could cost the state the case, which was a joke to begin with. We got uh, audio on that coming up. Also, Alina Haba, Trump lawyer on Newsmax, has some choice things to say. That's coming up. This is The Rob Carson Show. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. European American Armory Corp, or EAA Corp, is specialized in providing high-quality, innovative, and reasonably priced firearms to the U.S. since 1990. You can choose from a wide selection of unique and traditional pistols, whether you're looking for a concealed carry, revolver, shotgun, or competition pistol, EAA Corp has it. EAA's 1911 series comes in compact, carry, or full-size in three popular calibers. If you're a first-time gun owner, EAA Corp's all-in-one 9mm MC9 Striker fire pistols come fully equipped in a sleek, light, ergonomic package ideal for everyday carry. In addition, their lineup includes the MC312 series of 12-gauge shotguns for hunting, sporting, tactical, or personal defense that will exceed your expectations. There is a limited lifetime warranty on every series available today at EAA Corp. EAA Corp says get the quality firearm you have always wanted and save yourself a lot of hard-earned money. Visit EAACorp.com. That's EAACorp.com to learn more and order online or through your local dealer. Somebody call a plumber. It's time to drain the swamp. It's the Rob Carson Show. Thursday it is the Rob Carson Show. Make sure to check out the podcast, uh, Newsmax.com slash listen. You can hear uh, all of the uh, comedy, all the great guests, all of the uh, commentary by moi. Just go to Newsmax.com slash podcast. I think you'll enjoy it. Share with others. And if you go to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review, will you? Because I only have so many relatives, and they've already been recognized. And they start doing multiple five-star reviews, it looks suspicious. So if you do that, that would be uh, that would be huge. Special guest on the uh, Newsmax Hotline, Mike Howell is the director of the Heritage Foundation Oversight Project, which we'll get to in a second. Also a former DHS council member, and he joins us, not council member, but council, as in lawyer, Joins us on the Newsmax Hotline. How are you today, my friend? Hey, doing well. How about yourself? I'm good, man. No, so you uh, you are on this uh, Heritage Foundation uh, oversight project, and you are working with Mark Morgan, who, by the way, is a, uh, a big fan of the show and also uh, one of our friends here. Tell us about uh, what the Heritage Foundation is doing to uh, uh, have some oversight over the Biden uh, administration and its uh, reign of terror. I'll just call it a reign of terror. Go ahead. 
I, I like that terminology. I take no issue with it. <laughs> yes. So, uh, former Commissioner Morgan, Morgan, myself, and a team of about 10 others here, along with you know the full firepower of Heritage Rid Large, uh, basically decided a year ago that we needed to start suing this administration. No one was doing that. Uh, no one was getting out there, taking them to court for their just sheer obstruction and withholding of information. Now, this wouldn't be necessary if we actually had a free and fair media in this country. We do not, largely, of course. You know, we have, we have good people like yourself out there. But you know, the corporate media, when we talk about CNN and MSNBC, they're yeah. in the tank for these guys. They're just not covering yeah. this stuff. Yeah. And, and without the coverage and the hard questions and people asking questions in the press room, which, you know, no one is reasonable is allowed to ask a question, uh, the documents don't, don't come out and the, the questions aren't answered. So what we basically did is we took all this expertise for the people who used to run a successful administration when Trump was president, and then we turned that expertise into let's go and let's ask via, you know, our rights under freedom of information laws and other things. Get that information, and of course they, they don't give it to us, and so we're suing them left and right. We got yeah. well over twenty lawsuits right now, planning for a hundred, and it's already bearing <laughs> a ton of fruit. You and uh, you and uh, Tom Fitton, the, the uh, judicial watcher, doing a yeoman's effort uh, or a yo they effort, I guess is what you should call it now. Um, let me ask you about this. What about Tucker Carlson and the forty four thousand hours of videotape? Um, I, I love Tucker. Don't get me wrong; he's uh, one of the few people, uh, along with Eric Bowling and uh, Rob Schmidt, that I that I watch daily. Um, I was a. Uh, I, with great responsibility, or with with great power comes great great responsibility, and I'm I I'm reticent to support just one journalist, one organization getting the videotape. What do you think? Yeah, so let me back up real quick. Tom Fitton's also doing terrific work out there. Yeah, America First Legal. Let's just not scale to the level on the left. So with regard to the videotape that was handed over to Tucker Carlson, a couple of key things pop out. One, it's not everything; it's a subset. Okay. Two. You know who needs that videotape? The lawyers of the detainees that are rotting yes. in federal prison without any yes. of their constitutional rights being realized by this clown court system yes. we have in D.C. I would like to see you know those lawyers get that kind of stuff because there could be exculpatory you know, evidence there. Uh, this is things that the prosecutors have had. This is the January 6th committee had it. They gave it to their you know TV producers. So why, if we live in a free and fair country, can't the people who are rotting in unsanitary conditions get access to it to see if maybe there's something there that would help their client out. So I would have loved to see that stuff just put out there for everybody and then have that. Um, I, 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 those, I, mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, you finish your thought. I, I want to get to uh, What's on top of the tape, though? The House Administration Committee just announced the other day that they have 100 boxes of evidence turned over by the January 6th committee. What's that doing in the box? Unbox yeah. that stuff. Get it out yeah. there. Maybe they're trying to send it to the University of Delaware. Oh, God. <laughs> this is unbelievable. So um, this, to me, uh, January 6th, it hasn't gotten enough coverage. Uh, there are some people uh, on the, you know, like like I'll just say Joe Hoff, the Gateway Pundit, you know, uh, they've done a really good job covering those who are suffering in prison. And I got to tell you, I have never in my life seen a, such an abuse uh, of, of people being held without trial. Uh, and, and many of them, their trial, they had a trial date, then it was moved 
six. This is abusive. This is stuff that I think and I hope that the people who are holding these people captive and the people who put them there will eventually replace the January 6th prisoners in that prison. This is America's Bastille. What do you think is going to happen? And what are you just looking as a you're not a casual observer, but you're an observer looking at what what is happening to these people, considering what they did is a massive abuse to me. What do you think? I think it's a civil rights crisis of our time. We're talking about people who are held there on trespassing charges, ginned up charges about obstructing official proceeding. And then you connect that to the fact that this was largely, you know, uh, civil disobedience related to the most questionable election outcome of all time. And questionable is a, is a really low word there. I think there's a lot yeah. bigger words that can be used. And then you compare that to the fact that BLM and Antifa burned down a significant portion of this country. And not only that, they were cheered on by the corporate media and funded by the current vice president with zero consequences. It is apparently abundantly clear to everyone in this country there's two systems of justice. And the fact that the president's over there in Ukraine now talking about freedom and democracy while he has political <laughs> prisoners rotting just a couple blocks from his you know, White House is a joke. And the fact that people are up in arms about this and really like pushing on all levers of government now that you know, conservatives have the House to do something about it, I think it's a dereliction of duty. I think it is the duty of the House of Representatives to make sure every lever that they have is used to, to make sure that we can restore some semblance of freedom in this country. Because it certainly isn't there when it comes to the treatment of these January 6th detainees in many instances. This, uh, <clears throat> uh, there is a, uh, a new order, executive order, promoting uh, AI and also equity, the equity action plan. The uh, president of the United States signed into law. It's an equity action plan to support underserved community. The order instructs organizations to use AI in a way that promotes equity and complies with the law. This is uh, state-sponsored um, uh, racism as far as I'm concerned. And, by the way, uh, they are reporting this morning, and I, this is in the U.K. Daily emails recorded by others, that the IRS is developing a new Biden-backed algorithm that will uh, seek equity with regard to the uh, the tax code and the IRS, uh, which will result and targets uh, more white and Asian people, and I would also presume uh, uh, Indian people, for audit uh, as targets. They they want to, it's going to alter their algorithms. What do you think about, uh, about this uh, executive order that has been sneaked in that uh, uses AI to discriminate against some while propping up others i think it's it's laughable and offensive let's talk about the ai part first ai is the product of a human code okay so if you have a woke racist lib writing code yes. the, the ai quote unquote is not that artificial it's not that intelligent certainly so <laughs> them trying to hide behind this being programmed in such a way it's an absolute farce we'll see how chat you know gpt turned out yes that gpt is essentially the mind of you know a teenage purple-haired San Francisco high schooler. Uh, but when we talk about the EO itself, let's compare this to its most recent historical precedent. you got to go back to the Woodrow Wilson administration. Yes. They resegregated the federal government back then. That's what they're trying to do now. Yes. The biggest racial racking and stacking and reordering racist policy that anyone's imagined on this scale. It would be unparalleled in American history by the sheer numbers of it. Uh, first off, there's absolutely no place for it. It's abhorrent. It's It's stupid. It's uh, offensive. It is yeah. it's, any word you want to use. I'll, I'll basically agree with. I'm that. thinking apartheid. I'm thinking apartheid's right up there. Hey, I'm with you. I'm with you. It's apartheid. <laughs> but yes. let's look at this from people in this country that we're supposed to care about, right? The U.S. citizens who depend on their government. Is anyone really asking for worse government service? The federal government is a joke 
in delivering services to the American people or getting anything done on time or under budget. Now, we want to make it worse on purpose to achieve some kind of rainbow coalition initiative. Get out of here. The American people are sick of this. You know, it's it's also interesting, and I heard Victor Davis Hanson, who I I mean I admire uh, immensely, talking about how uh, excuse me one second sorry, no swallow wrong there. I think I might have got some vinyl chloride in the air from uh, from East Palestine. Anyway, uh, he he said essentially that what's happened in East Palestine is uh, is racism. I mean, it is. So you look, and it's very clear because Barack Obama in eastern or western Pennsylvania, uh, he, this is the area that he was talking about where people cling to their guns and religion. We've heard Hillary Clinton call uh, Trump supporters uh, 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 deplorables and whatnot, and then and then Joe Biden in front of Independence Hall last year declared half of the country to be uh, uh, deplorable Marxist uh, anti democracy enemies of democracy, among other things. The FBI has called Trump supporters white supremacists and all of this. And then you see this area, flyover country, 95% uh, Caucasoid and uh, and 70% uh, Trump voters. And literally 20 days after the biggest spill and mushroom cloud we've seen in recent history, they finally send their transportation secretary. What does this say to you while Joe Biden goes to Kiev and to Poland? It says we're living in a really corrupt regime right now. You're absolutely right. Had this been Flint, Michigan, the reaction would have been much different. I mean, you can see that by recent examples yes. of all the stops yes. that were pulled out for Flint. You are right that I think this is racially and demographically and politically based. The fact that this is a largely white middle class and working class area means it is not an entity or demographic that the Biden administration or the coastal elites care about. They are the Americans that have been left behind, and left behind they still are. I will say we send members our, of our team up there, and they've been, they've been in the weeds, taking pictures, interviewing folks and whatnot, but the same can't be said for the Biden administration. It's a, it's a travesty. And then on the Ukraine point, talk about the fact you see corruption replete in this administration, our government. Yeah. But this may be one of the most ex- offensive examples yet. He's over there shilling for foreigners in a corrupt land, while Americans are suffering back home and need his help. I mean, we can't get rid of this president soon enough. It is an absolute travesty and an embarrassment of the dignity of this country. Now, you uh, also saw yesterday, and the media gobbled it up, Joe Biden being introduced with, uh, with uh, sirens in the background. Let me play the, uh, the audio here. This is Joe Biden being introduced yesterday, a little wind mic noise. And cue the air raid sirens. There you go. Now, a CNN reporter literally said that he'd been there five days, never heard an air raid siren. So they did this for theater. The American media gobbled it up, and they said, uh, oh, yeah, it was very dangerous and all of this stuff. Uh, this, this, to me, is very Soviet era. Oh, you're 100% right. It's completely fake. I mean, this is a regime over there that has lied to us multiple times. Propaganda coming out of that region is through the roof. The fact they're blowing fake sirens is just icing on the cake. Reality is, Secret Service would have never let Joe Biden walk through a, a ongoing air raid. That's just a joke. Yes, the yes. American people are so, so dumb. And one more thought on the chemical spill. Yes. Let's get Biden a little out here. Maybe your chemical spill and thought Hunter was, you know, cooking something up at the base. <laughs> it's Parmesan cheese. Don't worry about it. Uh, let me see what you think about this. I, I suggest that the next time Joe Biden go to Kiev, that they uh, they do this with the air uh, the air raid siren. Don't you think it'd make more sense to play uh, War Pigs by Black Sabbath there, Mike? I, 
I think that's a terrific <laughs> idea. We can get you over there. You should join in the, the Ukrainian propaganda arm. I'm sure they're hiring. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, this has been a really fun conversation, and I really appreciate you uh, you joining me uh, today, Mike. And uh, give give my very best to uh, Mr. Mr. Morgan as well. Uh, you're with the uh, Heritage Foundation Oversight Project. Uh, where can people find you, and where can people find the uh, Oversight Project and uh, help out Heritage Foundation? Absolutely. So heritage.org is the website on Twitter. It's just at Heritage, and I'm at MHalTweet. We keep you updated on all of our lawsuits. We'll have a website on on them launching shortly, too, so you can check them all out. They are a ton. All right, bro. We will uh, talk again soon. This has been very enjoyable. We'll uh, we'll get you back on, okay? Awesome. Thanks, buddy. All right. This is uh, Twitter.com. M. Howell, as in Mr. and Mrs. Uh, M. Howell tweets at uh, Twitter. Let's take a break and come back. This is The Rob Carson Show. What part of abuses and usurpations do you not understand? It's the Rob Carson Show. All right, we'll take a break kind of from the uh, news of the day for a couple of things. A friend of the show, John Schneider, uh, actor um, and uh, just a a terrific man. Uh, John, by the way, he created, uh, with Marie Osmond, created Children's Miracle Network. And uh, I met him probably 12, 15 years ago. And uh, when my radio station was, um, uh, uh, we got an award for the best station of the year, and we did this Radiothon for Kids. He is a uh, wonderful man, and I really got to know him the last couple of years as a friend. Um, and uh, his wife passed away yesterday. And this is so uh, unbelievably tragic. She um, passed away um, from breast cancer. She was 53 years old, Alicia. And uh, he said, my beautiful smile is pain-free, living in her body alongside Jesus, is what he said. And um, I just want to say, I can't even imagine your pain, Mr. Schneider. And God bless you and God bless her. Uh, To lose someone, this, this profound a loss is something that you cannot quantify until you've been through it. And so I just... uh, Want to wish him uh, all the best in his family. All right. Uh, and, and on a positive, this is kind of cool. You know that uh, I became a fan of uh, a player named Isaiah Pacheco. Isaiah Pacheco uh, played uh, a running back for the Chiefs this year, and he was one of the last people drafted this year. I think it was, uh, I don't, and I don't follow sports that uh, 27th round, and he was like 7th or something. But one of the last people that was chosen, this guy. And, uh, and he was working at a Wendy's last year at this time. And he got drafted by the Kansas City Chiefs. And one of the first things I said when I saw him run was I said, he's running for his life. He's running for his life. Not, not that he was afraid, but he's running for his life. He's running from the tragedy that he's experienced in his life. And he's been given an opportunity. And he sees this opportunity as the way to change everything. And so every time he gets that ball, he runs for his life. And he's not a big man. I see him go through the line and into uh, nests of defenders, and you think he's done, and all of a sudden you see him just shoot out and run for 20 yards or 30 yards or whatever. And this guy who was working at Wendy's last year was just selected 
by the NFL players as the best player of 2022, of the season 2022, Isaiah Pacheco. Now, one thing I didn't realize about Isaiah Pacheco, as with so many young black men in this country, they are born into uh, awful situations, particularly in inner cities, murder rate 13 times the national average, Horrible school systems like in Illinois where 66 high schools, nobody is proficient in reading and math. Baltimore, 23 schools, nobody proficient in reading and math. The only thing you can do in Baltimore is become a gang member. Uh, you can you can uh, sell drugs or, or as a kid you can go be a squeeger on a street corner. Just like they do in, in, uh, in Tijuana with kids selling chiclets, black kids go downtown with a squeegee to beg money. Or they can escape. This man escaped. He lost a brother and a sister. And listen to him talk about running for his life. Why did I, like, leave it all out there on the field? And you never know when it's going to be your last opportunity. I never knew when it was going to be my last time seeing my sister or my brother. My brother ended up getting stabbed and lost his life that night was hurting me because I didn't have that same guidance when I would hear him scream my name at the, the football fields. One year after that, I got a knock on the door by a family member. She says, it's Celeste. I'm like, Celeste, what, you, what do you mean? She's gone. I'm just in shock because I didn't know what to do after losing a brother and like a sister now. I had something to prove. Pacheco off to the races to the 50, to the 40. Pacheco inside the 30, inside the 20, to the 10, and he will score! Isaiah Pacheco. And he scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl that the Chiefs won. God bless him. Let's take a break and come back. It's a Rob Carson show. Ah, uh, hmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now, you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. That's the final hour of the Rob Carson Show. Joining us at the bottom of the hour, we have a special, special guest. It's going to be awesome. John Fredericks, he is the Godzilla of talk radio. That's what he likes to call himself. I uh, I am the Mothra of, of uh, political satire. So... There's that. But anyway, we're going to talk to him. He's uh, he's in uh, Pennsylvania uh, and also in uh, in East Palestine, Ohio, and he's going to give us a live update on the scene there. He's working with uh, Doug Mastriano, who should be the governor of Pennsylvania. 
Because the uh, governor of uh, Pennsylvania, Josh Shapiro, is a joke. And you're going to know this more and more as his tenure continues. So that will be at the bottom of the hour. I want to uh, mention, I, I had mentioned earlier we got uh, interrupted with an interview. Uh, this uh, the, uh, person who was in charge of this grand jury in Georgia going after Donald Trump for supposedly trying to overturn the 2020 election, which is a joke has decided to go on a media tour and maybe has really just screwed up, just completely screwed up the case. Her name is Emily Coors, or Coors, whatever the hell it is. And she's 30 years old, and she uh, has uh, deleted all of her social media accounts. She had a Pinterest account where she claims she's a Wiccan, and, uh, and she's insane. And, and she's not a serious human being. She's not a serious adult in any way, shape, or form. And, uh, and yesterday, well, she said this about the possibility of swearing Trump in. You know what I mean? At some point, you kind of start to get the gist. All right, let me start that again. Uh, she basically found joy in having Donald Trump in front of a jury. You could tell she was giddy at the prospect. She wears her politics on her sleeve. And because she is allowed to do this media tour, she may have uh, really screwed the pooch. Did you personally want to hear from the former president? I wanted to hear from the former president. But honestly, I kind of wanted to subpoena the former president because I got to swear everybody in. And so I thought it'd be really cool to get 60 seconds. Yeah, this isn't uh, take your daughter to work day, by the way, where daddy lets you sit at the desk. With President Trump, of me looking at him and being like, do you solemnly swear? And me getting to swear him in. Yeah, anytime you hear the word like uh, in every other sentence, then you, you immediately the red flag goes up on the intelligence thing. Or, the, you know, just young people do it, too. I just, it's, a, it's a verbal crutch. I have a few of them, I'm sure. I'd probably say, uh, too much, you know, whatever. I know. I'm, I, every time I hear my show and I listen to it back, I go, oh, God. All right, okay. But anyway, I try to keep a lid on it when I can. Uh, this is uh, last night, uh, Alina Haba, who is a uh, lawyer for Donald Trump, talking with uh, Carl Higby on Newsmax. You'll start with a little uh, montage of this uh, insane jurist, Emily Coors, and uh, then Alina Haba. There's about six pages in the middle that got cut out. Oh, my God. Allow for spacing. It's not a short list. Not a short list. <laughs> yeah, these are all the people that uh, she wants with the grand jury to indict who are associated with Donald Trump. So we're talking about I more. To hear from the former president, but honestly, I kind of wanted to subpoena the former president because I got to swear everybody in. And so I thought it'd be really cool to get 60 seconds with President Trump of me looking at him and being like, do you solemnly swear? Thank you. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. I've been imitating her all day. That's Elena Hubba right there. I, I honestly was talking to some attorneys on unrelated I just couldn't stop imitating this woman. She's literally going there. Go, I don't know. Well, this is not a joke. <laughs> this is an indictment. Your intentions were made clear. Thank yeah. you for going on national television, yes. for breaking any confidentiality yes. or impartiality that you're supposed to hold as a grand juror, let alone the forewoman of the grand jury. Yeah. I, Carl, you can't make it up. Or the four they. Right, isn't it? Is it for a day? Is that okay? Okay, all right, whatever. I mean, uh, CNN and MSNBC and all the left-wing media for putting this on, thank you. Anderson Cooper, who you're showing, he actually agreed with, with Team Trump. He said, this is absurd. We've never seen anything like this. Yeah. I don't know what this woman was thinking, um, but it, it's out of control. And yeah, this is the, the cavalcade of uh, the exposure of left insanity that I mentioned earlier in the show that I have been uh, uh, exemplifying today on the show, sharing you examples of all of this. And here is uh, Anderson Cooper. He was, he was verklempt about her uh, ruining the chances of 
finally putting the final nail in Donald Trump's hopes of ever being the president again. In the last hour, the four-person for that special grand jury in Georgia investigating the former president. She's a four-person. Allies attempts to overturn the 2020 election spoke to. C- Maybe she should be a five-person because you're being numberistic there. Amen. First of all, why this person is talking on TV, I do not understand. She's clearly enjoying herself. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, I mean, is this responsible? She was the foreperson of this grand jury. This is a horrible idea, and I guarantee you that prosecutors are wincing watching her go on this. I was wincing just <laughs> watching her eagerness yes. to, like, you know, hint at stuff. It's painful in that respect. This is a very serious prospect here. We're talking about indicting any person. You're talking about potentially taking away that person's liberty. We're talk- or, or the possibility they could run for president again. Oh, sorry, did I say that out loud? Talking about potentially a former president for the first time in this nation's history. She does not seem to be taking that very right. seriously. There's no reason for her to be out talking. <laughs> no, I mean, there's a, right, it's okay. a prosecutor's nightmare. She, okay. Okay. Mark, yes, and I love it. Mark my words, Donald Trump's team is going to make a motion if there's yeah, an indictment to dismiss that indictment based on grand jury impropriety. She's not supposed to be talking about anything, really, but she's really not supposed to be talking about the deliberations. She's talking about what specific witnesses they saw, what the grand jury thought of them. She says some of them we found credible, some of them we found funny. I don't know why that's relevant, but she's been saying we found this guy funny. Oh, my God, it was so funny. The joke that he said about hanging Donald Trump was so funny. Interesting. I think she's potentially crossing a line here. It's going to be a real problem for prosecutors. Mr. Meadows didn't share very much at all was not very willing to speak on much of anything. He asserted his rights um, under the Fifth Amendment and under uh, executive privilege, which he absolutely had the right to do. She's, um, if you ever see, like, uh, really insane leftists on campus, she has that same demure about her, this... Even demure, she has this uh, air about her, this this arrogance, this ignorance, this crazy smile at inappropriate times. Uh, she's either brainwashed or main literally just been driven insane. So hopefully that uh, will result in <clears throat> this uh, attempt uh, and yet another attempt to prevent Donald Trump from winning the White House in 2024, which uh, I believe he will do. Um, by the way, this is uh, this is from the UK Daily Mail. IRS developing new Biden-backed algorithm that will see more white and Asians uh, targeted for tax audits. That's so racist. No, it's not. I'm just reading it. I'm not. I'm just reading it. America First Legal Foundation filed a Freedom of Information Act from the Internal Treasury Department Communications. Uh, it claims an executive order signed by President Biden last week encourages the IRS to alter its algorithms to audit more white and Asian taxpayers. Algorithm the IRS uses found to uh, target black households and businesses more than non-black households and businesses. And so that's what they're doing to, uh, I guess, fix history. All right. The executive order on further advancing racial equity and support for underserved communities through the federal government does not specifically mention audits. It directs federal agencies, including the IRS, to find ways to make their practices more equitable to underserved communities. And this was exemplified by Pete Buttigieg's comment about how uh, underserved community, you know, largely black or Hispanic community, if an infrastructure project is built, the biggest thing they need to worry about is whether there are enough uh, people on the construction crew that reflect the color of the community. And this is going to happen throughout government. This is the equity movement. It's not the equality movement. It's the equity movement. All right? Now, for instance, they are uh, uh, doing this in the medical field. 
Um, and for instance, the University of Pennsylvania Perlman School of Medicine is forcing, forcing all teaching applicants to write a diversity, sta- diversity statement showing their devotion to political ideology. This is happening at medical schools. This is happening at teacher and schools everywhere. And this is, uh, honestly, what is equity? Equity is communism. Equity ensures equal outcome no matter what the effort. Equity failed in America. They tried that in Jamestown. They thought that they could all uh, raise crops together and collectively deposit all of the uh, the wonderful uh, earnings and all of the uh, the bounty of the community. And there were people who did not do that. And and uh, you know it, it was a perfect microcosm of how it fails because there are those of us who bust their asses to be the very best, and then there are those who just hang along for the ride. And this is what this is all about. And it's not targeting people of color. It is saying that all people, regardless of color or whatever, uh, are, uh, deserve equity of outcome. And that's not the case. Some people are great. Some people suck. That's just the way it is. They're, they tried this in Virginia in schools, uh, Loudoun County, Virginia, getting rid of honors classes. You know, and, and I think they ought to replace the bumper sticker with, uh, instead of my kid's an honor student, whatever, it should say, I'm sorry your kid sucks at school, but my kid's an honor student. It's just the way it is. You know, I, I got to tell you, whenever I see somebody who's great, I want to be that great. I don't care if they're black, white, or otherwise. When I was growing up, I mean, my heroes were uh, Bill, Bill Cosby and Eddie Murphy and Richard Pryor and George Carlin, and I could go on and on. You know, and, and I didn't think of color. I, I just thought of excellence. I thought of excellence. And that's what this is literally <clears throat> codifying racism. It is codifying that uh, they have to have people of certain representation in all fields, including uh, pilots and uh, uh, construction and uh, surgeons and whatnot. And honestly, there's a reason why those fields have attracted who they attract. It's because they've attracted people who want to do those fields. And they attract people who have an acumen toward doing those fields. And from those, they've been able to select the best of the best to get where they are. This is the opposite of it. This is an insult. When you hear the word equity, realize what it is. It is basically saying no matter how much effort you put in, somebody else because they are regardless of effort or regardless of desire they deserve the same outcome you do it has nothing to do with race at all but it has been codified and it must be turned around all right let's take a break and come back i've got a terrific piece from newsweek a newsweek writer saying that the scientific community was completely wrong about covid front to back which, oddly enough, I said in the first month of COVID. That's coming up. This is The Rob Carson Show. Bulldoze the swamp, pave it over, and start again. It's The Rob Carson Show. By the way, this uh, chat GPT, don't do this. You're out of your mind if you do. 
Uh, following numerous stories exposing the political bias of chat GPT, it seems like the Microsoft-backed machine learning wunderkind created by AI has been adjusted to more receptive to conservative viewpoints, but the program's response to uh, prompts still heavily favor the left. Uh, this is uh, really scary stuff that's uh, suddenly <clears throat> kind of entered the uh, the conversation. Uh, Microsoft's new Bing AI chatbot is uh, providing inaccurate and sometimes aggressive responses to people, and they are frequently very left of center. Created by little uh, fops in uh, Silicon Valley, they've adjusted it ever so slightly, but it sounds like this could be the same sort of AI technology that the federal government wants to use uh, with regard to the IRS and whatnot. So um, this is the brave new world we've been warned about. This is uh, this is Hal from uh, 2001, A Space Odyssey. I, and I, I wish I were kidding. I wish I were kidding. I, uh, I'm going to do more research on this. I'm a science geek. But they talked about the possibility of uh, an AI developing what is called uh, infinite knowledge, meaning... Uh, a continuous circle of knowledge that grows exponentially. Yeah, chomp on that a little while, kids. It's it's a little, uh, you know, maybe I watch too much Nova. But anyway, <laughs> no, but I am a, I am a, a total science geek, total science geek. <clears throat> Time for the science uh, community to admit we were wrong about COVID. It costs lives. Kevin Bass. Uh, as a medical student, researcher staunchly supported the efforts of the public health authorities when it came to COVID-19. I believe that the authorities responded to the largest public health crisis of our lives with compassion, diligence, and scientific expertise. I was with them when they called for lockdowns, vaccines, and boosters. I was strong. We in the scientific community were wrong. Wrong. I said strong. It was wrong. And it cost lives. I can see now that the scientific community from the CDC, the WHO, and the FDA and the representatives repeatedly overstated the evidence and misled the public about its own views and policies, including on natural immunity, which we just found out is more powerful than a vaccine. Read the Lancet 65 country study came out this week. Uh, school closures, disease transmission, aerosol spread, mask mandates, and vaccine effectiveness and safety among all of the things that were wrong. All of these were scientific mistakes at the time, not in hindsight. Amazingly, some of these obfuscations continue to be present today. But perhaps more important, this is in Newsweek, but perhaps more important than any individual error was how inherently flawed the overall approach to the scientific community was and continues to be. It was flawed in a way that undermined its efficacy and resulted in thousands, if not millions, of preventable deaths. <clears throat> Nuremberg too. Our preferences in the scientific community, very different from many of the people we serve. We created policy based on our preferences, then justified it using data, and then we portrayed those opposing our efforts as misguided, ignorant, selfish, and evil. Dr. Robert Malone, uh, Dr. Marty McCary, Peter McAuliffe. Yeah, we made science a team sport in doing so. We made it no longer science. It became us versus them, and they responded the only way anyone might expect them by resisting. 
We excluded important parts of the population from policy development and castigated critics, which meant that we employed a monolithic response across an exceptionally diverse nation, forged a society more fractured than ever, and exacerbated long-standing health and economic disparities. Our emotional response and ingrained partisanship prevented us from seeing the full impact of our actions on the people we were supposed to be serving. We systematically minimized the downsizes or the downsides of the interventions we imposed, imposed without input, consent, and recognition of those forced to live with them. Let me give you an example. This is what uh, major Hollywood celebs said about the vaccine, which now the Lancet reports is not as effective as natural immunity. It's time to start shaming them. Because frankly, we know that we can't trust the unvaccinated. F*** them, f*** their freedom. I want my freedom to live. No, screw your freedom. You're a schmuck for not wearing a mask. We have to stop coddling the morons who will not get the shot. Shame on you. Yeah, that's what they did to us. Yeah, payback is a you-know-what. In so doing, we violated the autonomy of those who would be most negatively impacted by our choices. The poor, the working class, small business owners, blacks and Latinos, and children. I know this because my children are experiencing the shrapnel of my son missing two years of college, two years of being with his friends, my daughter missing half of her freshman year in high school, all of her sophomore year, and a good share of her junior year. These populations were overlooked because they were made invisible to us by their systematic exclusion from the dominant corporatized media machine, which, by the way, was fed by the CDC and the HHS and the DHS, which created the Department of Disinformation to counter any opposition. Most of us didn't speak up in support of alternative views, hydroxychloroquine, you know, stuff like that. Many of us tried to suppress them, including doctors like Jay Bhattacharya. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Those people sounded the alarm on the behalf of vulnerable communities. They faced severe censure by relentless mobs of critics and detractors in the scientific community, often not on the basis of fact, but solely on the basis of differences in scientific opinion. When former President Donald Trump pointed out the downsides of intervention, he was dismissed publicly as a buffoon. And when Dr. Anthony Fauci opposed Trump and became the hero of the public health community, we gave him our support to do and say what he wanted, even though he was wrong. The rage of those marginalized by the expert class exploded onto and dominated social media, labeling this speech misinformation and blaming it on scientific illiteracy and ignorance. The government conspired with big tech to aggressively suppress it, erasing the valid political concerns of the government's opponents. And this despite the fact that pandemic policy was created by a razor-thin sliver of American society who anointed themselves to provide over the working class members of academia, government, medicine, journalism, tech, and public health who are highly educated and privileged. From the comfort of their privilege, these elite... These elites prized paternalism as opposed to average Americans. We believed misinformation energized the ignorant, and we refused to accept that such sim- such people simply had a different valid point of view. Now let's bring on the trials, the convictions, and the sentencing, shall we? This is The Rob Carson Show, back in a few. There's only one Rob Carson on the radio. Oh, thank God. It's the Rob Carson Show. 
I want to finish this piece on Newsweek uh, from Kevin Bass, uh, MSMD, PhD student, and a, and a really bright guy. He said of the scientific community and the government, we crafted a policy for people about COVID without consulting them. If our public health officials had led with less hubris, the course of the pandemic in the United States might have been a ve- had a very different outcome with far fewer loss. Instead, we've witnessed a massive and ongoing loss of life in America due to distrust of vaccines and a health care system, a massive consequence. Concentration of wealth by already wealthy elites, a rise in suicides and gun violence, especially among the poor, a near doubling of the rate of depression and anxiety disorders, especially among the young, a catastrophic loss of educational attainment among already disadvantaged children and among those most vulnerable, a massive loss of trust in healthcare science, scientific authorities, and political leaders more broadly. My motivation for writing this is simple. It's clear to me that for for public trust to be restored in science, scientists should publicly discuss what went right and what went wrong during the pandemic and where we could have done better. Kevin Bass is the author of this, and i got to tell you, uh, he hit the nail on the head. But uh, let's go ahead. We have a special guest. Let me get the music turned up here. Hold on. Talk Radio. Mr. John Fredericks joins us on the phone. All right, let's step on the vocals there. Hello, my friend. How are you today? Hey, it's great to be on the Rob Carson Show, Rob. Thanks for having me. You're doing a great job. Hey, you know, we're just buying a bunch of new stations in Pittsburgh. You're going to be there. Love you, man. You're growing, baby. Oh, brother. You know what, John, I'm going to tell you, and on a, on a personal note, uh, this means so much to me and to Newsmax and to Chris Ruddy, who created a radio division at Newsmax, recognizing the power of the spoken word. And the great thing about Mr. Chris Ruddy is there, he never said, Rob, you can't talk about this and you can't talk about that. He said, Rob, do what you do. And you did the same thing, bro. And I got to tell you, I know this is growing and I know that that we, uh, we will never fill Rush Limbaugh's shoes, but we definitely walk in his footsteps, my brother. So thank you very much. We're, uh, we're just really happy to have you oh, as buddy. one of our proprietary hosts on our network. And you got a huge following, and we continue to grow. You're growing with us. Thank you, bro. Uh, so, thanks no. for having me on. Hey, where are you this morning? Tell me where you are, because I, I know you kind of hinted at it here. I, I know that you are out covering that uh, spill in East Palestine, the mushroom cloud. You've been working with uh, who should be the governor of Pennsylvania, Mr. Mr. Uh, Doug Mastriano, who's a state senator. What's going on, bro? Where are you? Rob, this has been a very tough day uh, for anybody here. We're at, um, we're at the Community College of Beaver County in Manaka, Pennsylvania, 22 miles uh, just south, due west from uh, where the spill was in East Palestine. And this is a hearing. This is really the first public hearing in America on East Palestine. Wow. Doug Mastriano is the chairman of the Veterans Affairs and Emergency Preparedness Committee uh, in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. So he has the hearing. This is bipartisanship, and he's got a quorum here for his committee, and we're hearing from witnesses. Wow. And um, I got to tell you, I got to I got to tell you, Rob, uh, it, it's been the testimony here has been absolutely riveting. I mean, just let me give you a couple of uh, takes here. First of all, we had Mastriano on. 
He vowed to get to the bottom of who gave the order, who had the authority to give the order of the train uh, of the controlled burn. Which was not a controlled burn, by the way. Exactly. But who was, you know, was it Norfolk Southern? Was it Shapiro? Was it DeWine? Now they're saying it was the local fire chief. East Palestine is a community of 5,000 people. No way that guy gave that order. So they got to get to the bottom of that. They're trying to get to the bottom of why did Norfolk Southern want to do that. Planes are now rolling over those tracks. That's causing another big issue. But the most riveting thing here, and by the way, they invited the Norfolk Southern executives. They gave them the New Jersey salute. But uh, uh, Dan Cox, who was the chief of staff for Mastriano, yes. ran for governor of Maryland. Yep. Cox said, look, uh, subpoenas are next. They don't get it. This isn't Ohio. He said that uh, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania has very powerful subpoena laws for their Senate committee. And if they don't show, they'll get handcuffed. Wow. These guys are not playing games. But I got to tell you, it's beyond the getting to the bottom of it. The testimony, Rob, from these witnesses today yeah. is the most riveting, heartbreaking thing. What have you heard? My God, I, I choke up saying it. I've been here all day. I started at, at 10. I've had it, it started with uh, one person came on, Sarah Kuntz, her name is. Sarah Kuntz. She lives uh, in uh, it's just about five miles out. She saw the thing when it blew up. She was having, she was having, uh, she was at a diner with her husband. She has broken out in total rations, head to foot on her face welts. Uh, she was on my radio show, and she said, and she said the same thing in the hearing. Look at me. Do I look okay to you? What do you think? Person after person, Rob. Coming up, they're sick, migraines, upset, pets dying, uh, going to the bathroom in blood, children sick, can't go to school, over and over and over, one after the other. And then basically we had one witness say, I work two jobs. I work two jobs. I'm a single mom. My kids are sick. I have nowhere to go. I don't have money for a hotel. She says, what's going to become of us? Dear God. I mean, it's, it, it, I can't even repeat this without getting choked, choked up. John, I, I got to tell you, this is, this what's, these are our people. These are American people. Dear Rob, God in heaven. What the hell? Him, Rob, no, another person comes on and says, I've called everybody. I called the governor. I called my state representative. I called my state and local people. I called every. I called FEMA. Every call's a dead end. Nobody tells me anything. Finally, somebody in Norfolk, Norfolk Southern called me back and said, "Well, go stay in a motel, save the receipt, and you know oh. there might be money down the down the road." Another lady says, "My husband and I have, I'm sorry, worked our whole lives. Every dime we have is in our home. That's our retirement." Wow. It's now worth nothing. It's worth zero. What am I going to do? Where do where do I go? This do, Rob. It is the most disgusting, sickening thing. And this president, off giving away a half a billion dollars to Ukraine, talking about funding Ukrainian pension plans. So Good the Lord. 
quote unquote, they have some money in their pocket, and our people here in East Palestine, I mean, witness after witness, nobody gives a, nobody cares, Rob. Nobody cares about them. It, it's I've never seen this in my life. People crying one after the other. Nobody cares about me. And then they have this hearing. You know how many people are covering it? Me. Wow. There's no one here. There's no media. And they publicized it. The New York Times guy came in for 15 minutes, gone. Right? There's a couple of, um, I think, uh, a couple of very local TV stations, no national media, nothing. Rob, there's something wrong in a minute. There's something wrong, Rob. I'm, yeah, I'm but John, you know, yesterday, yesterday, uh, and, and you know, it, uh, Donald Trump did what he what he had to do to get attention there, and everybody says it's all political. Donald Trump's presence is powerful. It means that people will respond. It means that help happens. Help is coming. He brought with him pallets of thousand, fourteen thousand bottles of water. He brought food and provisions. That's him. And yes, he's got a lot of money and whatnot. But more importantly he brought the attention he brought the spotlight so how dare anybody say that this is some sort of a political move what's political is inviting a president to a country that he is deeply uh he owes a, a lot to because his son uh, was very very involved in ukrainian uh, the gas company donald uh, uh, joe biden called off the uh, the investigation of the gas company that hunter biden was on and all that and then he goes to kiev and they play air raid sirens just for effect to make it appear like it was more dangerous than it was. It was not dangerous for Joe Biden to go to Kiev. I would venture to say it was a little more dangerous for Donald Trump to go to a place where a mushroom cloud containing poisonous chemicals flew into the air and affected the groundwater as well. Well, you know, look, uh, the president's visit gave everybody... Uh, you know, made made Buttigieg go. Buttigieg goes today. He shows up in a in a in a hard hat and skinny jeans. Now, why do you have a hard hat on? Are you afraid that a pigeon might poop on your head? Well, guess what, moron? There are no pigeons. You know why? Because there's no wildlife. You know why? Because everything here is dead. You can't find a bird, a fish, a worm. Everything is dead. Dear God. This is a, I'm telling you, Rob, you got to come here like I've done for two days and see this. It is like a mini Chernobyl. I mean, this has got to be the, this has got to be one of the biggest ecological disasters in the nation's history. And could you imagine if this happened in Richmond or, or I live or Atlanta or, uh, or the Hamptons or, or Martha's Vineyard? Martha's Vineyard. I mean, that, that, that every every media company in the world would be descending on it, but because it's East Palestine and seventy percent voted for Trump, right? They don't care if these people live or die. This is the most disgusting display of government malfeasance that I have ever witnessed. And then passing the buck. I got to tell you, this hearing is bipartisan. The, uh, the, the the Democrat senator on this committee, the ranking member, um, uh, Senator Maraca, who was, who was here, uh, is asking some of the toughest questions to, uh, to Pima. FEMA wouldn't even show up. Pima's here. That's the Pennsylvania emergency. Emergency manager, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, I mean, she's asking some of the toughest questions. 
this goes beyond you know, Republican, Democrat, whatever. I mean, these are people that, you know, and they're working people, Rob, that work their tail off. You know, two jobs. These are the people with dirt under their fingernails and couches on their hands that are just being forgotten. You these are the people. Not in America. Yeah. This is it. And I tell you the other thing, and I don't want to get into politics, yes. but anybody that doubted Trump's ability to win, this this one thing is going to elect President Trump in 2024. This one thing. Because at the end of the day, there's one guy, if you're, if you're just a working stiff like I am, if you're one guy, and you are, Rob, yeah. you and I are the same. I mean, you were selling cars. I was cutting grass. Let's just yeah. be honest with each other. Yeah, bro. Yeah, we, we're, part of the, we're part of the working stiff class. Yes, sir. The only guy that's got our back is Donald J. Trump. None of these other weasels. John, can I tell you something? I want to tell you something because I can hear it in your voice, bro, and I have never – you are unshakable. I, I have never heard you uh, affected like this. But I'm going to tell you, the only people who don't care about the people that you're talking about are the elites in Washington, D.C., the swamp dwellers. Because 95-plus percent of the American people are behind the people of East Palestine. They just need to know how they can help out, my friend. And, and when we are allowed – when we we have our energies channeled. We are going to change the lives of the people in East Palestine, John. I really do believe that. So I, I hope you're not disheartened. I know that it's got to be overwhelming to be in this situation and see people who are so poor, they have to buy their damn food at Dollar General if they're lucky, uh, and then be told that they have to drink bottled water when they can't afford bottled water. So we're going to, buddy, this is going to bring us together. This is the stuff, like even, hell, Rosie O'Donnell yesterday today on TikTok. She talked about this. I agreed with Rosie O'Donnell on this. 71% of us think the country's going in the wrong direction, and that means 71% of the American people love America, and they love its people, even when they live in East Palestine, Ohio. Yep. And this, gonna... this feckless, this feckless, cockroach, communist, half-dementia-ridden piece of crap president is over tripsing around Europe and Ukraine, giving out checks like it's candy of our money, promising. And then we got we, we got six people in the Republican conference, the chairman of the of the foreign uh, of foreign uh, affairs over there, Mike Mike McCall from Texas, got yeah, six of them over there saying, "Hey, whatever you need, blank yeah. check." No, screw yeah. you. Yeah. I mean, who are these people giving away our money when people in East Palestine and it's not only East Palestine. It's all the surrounding areas. Yeah. This is like a 30-mile radius. They can't buy bottled water, like you said. And these are, and we got Republicans over, over there with Biden cheering Ridiculous. them on. Ridiculous. What the hell is going on here? John, we, we got to run, buddy. But I want to have you back on again, maybe even tomorrow. But if you can just find out how we can all help. That's what we need to know. We need to find out how we can help, John. Uh, but but thanks for being there, bro. I've never seen anybody work harder than you in my life. And, and it's because you and me, like Isaiah Pacheco and the Chiefs, were running for our lives. We've been given the opportunity, and we're going to use our our moment to do the best we can. And you do that, bro. Um, let's get you back on. Uh, where can people follow you as, you as you travel across the country? Easiest thing to do, two things, at JF. Radio show at GF Radio Show. That's all my social media at GF Radio Show. Download my free app, John Frederick's Radio. You can you can get me there, and uh, I'm on six to ten a.m. 
Monday to Friday, anywhere you're listening to Rob Carson, you're, you're going to get me 6 to All 10 right, a.m. Thank right, you, buddy. Rob. And, and God, hey, God bless you. Yep. Welcome to Pittsburgh. All right, bro. I'm excited about that. Woo-hoo-hoo. Let's take a break and come back. It's the Rob Carson Show. Dissent is not disinformation. It's the Rob Carson Show. All right. Thanks to uh, John Fredericks for being on the scene in Pennsylvania. I've never heard him uh, react that way. And, um, you know, while the elites in this country, while the uh, swamp doesn't care about the people of East Palestine and the surrounding area, we do. I know you do. I know this is ripping your guts out. And uh, uh, as soon as I find out how we can help in the most impactful way, we will. Okay. I don't want to steer you toward the charity. I don't want to steer you towards whatever. I want to uh, I want to make sure that the money gets to the people there. Think about this. Think about Joe Biden is in Ukraine promising that he's going to take care of the pensions of Ukrainians. In places like East Palestine, people's pensions were tied up in their homes. They're going to sell those homes. By the way, the, the average house in, in East Palestine, about $90,000. So uh, that was it. That, you know, they're going to sell that house when it comes retirement time. Maybe they've been in a house for 30 years. Now that house is worthless. I just can't even imagine. I just can't even imagine. So we're going to um, we're going to do our level best to find out how we can help. And I'm going to tell you, uh, I just I, it, diminishing returns. Uh, we are receiving diminishing returns from our federal government for all the taxes you pay. There's a point where you got to you know when you're considering a divorce. You know, you got to look at your where you are in the marriage. You got to see uh, what you're getting out of the marriage versus what you're putting into the marriage. You got diminishing returns. That's what we're getting from our federal government. We got an open southern border. We got fentanyl pouring in. 100,000 people died. 108,000 people died of drug overdoses last year. Many, uh, 70%, poisoned by fentanyl. We got an educational system that is in the crapper. We have a, <clears throat> a country that literally unleashed a virus on the world that destroyed our economy, that killed. Uh, a million people. Uh, I think the reaction to it, the uh, the, the things that the government did, and and uh, uh, health, our healthcare system did, was even more devastating. And I've I've got kids who are suffering still from it, and uh, diminishing returns, abuses, and use of patients. There's going to be a point where you just have to say we're not going to just sit here and be means of taxation and means of production. Screw that. What's in it for me? Because you're failing in every way, shape, and form. Particularly, you know, the most sovereign thing, which is our border, which is number one. Plus, you've also whizzed on the First Amendment and the Second Amendment as well. Just say no. Let's come back and wrap things up. This is the Rob Carson Show. That's going to do it for the show, guys. Have a glorious day. Make sure to check out the podcast, Newsmax.com slash listen. God bless the people of East Palestine and the surrounding area and you. And until tomorrow, which by the grace of God is Friday, don't catch the stupid. I'll see you then.